Hello, welcome to From the Platform episode 12. I'm Tom. And I'm Naomi. This episode looks at cultural development. This is through a framework known as integral theory, or also known as spiral dynamics. They sound confusing words. Yeah, so Tom, why are they relevant to a podcast that's about self-awareness and having good conversations with each other? What's this got to do with anything? So this concept, integral theory, plots for us an understanding of adult development. Some folks may know a lot about child development through bringing up their kids and reading up on that. But as we come into our adult stage of life, we also have some more discrete stages of development. And these stages of development map on to actual historic cultural changes that the human species has kind of been through. More on that later. But the framework itself allows you to see what culture you're maybe embedded in and frame it in a historical context. So you can be more aware of, yeah, the environment that you're in and the place it's sitting in culturally from maybe a historic or a developmental perspective. So, Tom, the way you've explained it to me, uh, this is a theory about the kind of development that we go through as adults. So the kind of things that initially we find really attractive and get really into, but then we kind of grow tired of and reject and we move on to a new thing. And this whole theory culminates in the idea that you can look back and be really aware of all the things that really piqued your interest. And we're going to relate it to the type of churches that you might go to and the different types of Christadelphian meetings. At one point, you really needed this kind of church or this kind of church. And having the ability to look back and say, oh, that was the type of development I was going through then. That's the type of church that was. And I can see benefit in all of those things. And I can take the things that I've learned from all of them and and build a more positive end point. Mm. Yeah, and a caveat before we start proper, you've got to think of this as with all the tools that we kind of discuss on this podcast as a map, like a world map. So it's not a very good map for getting to the corner store. You wouldn't use a world map to do that, but you would use a world map to see where New Zealand was in relation to the UK. It kind of gives you a general overview of these things. So yeah, before now, I've heard people say that this is not true, but it's a crude enough example to help you have some self-awareness around these issues. So I guess this strikes you, Tom, as something that would be good to have a podcast about because it's good for a situation if maybe you feel like you've moved on from other people and you've moved to a different Mm. type of meeting or a different type of group. And it helps you to maybe be humble and see that it's all part of a developmental process. Yeah. And that hopefully by thinking about it all and self-reflecting, helps you to be humble and not to judge other people about kind of where they are in their path and understand other people whose path doesn't seem to make sense and helps us all kind of understand each other better and work and communicate together. So yeah, integral theory has five stages and they're color-coded. Red, amber, orange, green, and teal. If you look into this, you might find other colors to show this same process through something called spiral dynamics, but we're using integral theory's colors. I'm going to start by describing the red culture. It's color-coded red, but we're talking about a culture here, and it's a culture that you could possibly find at a church. The first stage, as far as I understand it, um, is known as a red stage, and is it the impulsive stage? Yes. It helps me to understand this by thinking in history, this was when people belonged to tribes, and your tribe 
existed by virtue of who the leader was the tribe existed because of that person you were literally like named after that person and it was about that person the way they ruled and their personality that the mm. entire tribe took on and the only way that power can change in that tribe is if that chieftain is toppled by somebody else and then it becomes their tribe and it doesn't have a hierarchy as such because all the power is vested in one person and tom what's an example of a of this in the church like is there an example of this in our church lives probably not within christadelphia at all but it might exist in some other denominations where it's very much centered around someone who maybe claims to have more of a spiritual mystical power than other people like they claim to maybe have a, a power to heal or or whatever the, all the power of god is within that person and mm. and it's more within in line of maybe other denominations that can become quite cultish. So we thought maybe following a story of a person who we've named... Robin. Robin. Robin goes to church. <laughs> this is the story of Robin goes to church. So in our analogy of Robin, we thought when we think about her uh, attending church, if she enters one of these red stage impulsive groups first it could maybe be something like a little like house group that someone has or like a breakaway readings group that someone has which is just run by that one person it's kind mm. of all about that person and it doesn't happen if that person's not there yeah and the only way you can have power in the group is by being the person you're either the person in power or you're or the, the person listening to them yeah. in the reading there's, group. there's no other things so in our in our analogy robin maybe goes to her next door neighbor's house group really really enjoy is it but then feels like oh, i think i want to go to something a bit more established yeah and and I what think, does she find well christadelphia is kind of the antidote to this sort of thing so she goes to an amber church this so this is, is the next stage next stage we're using the color amber for this authoritarian has a very rigid structure it's reacting against this kind of red impulsive church by creating a framework so that one person can't just take all the power and make all the changes. It's like, actually, we want some stability. We want to know when things are happening. We want rotors. We want people in charge that are accountable to a constitution of some sort. And so they'll build that in and they'll build it into the framework of the creation of the church so where does this come in the history of of humans what's so an example of this historically this is the emergence of things like like the catholic church yeah church states uh, armies so mm -hmm. having armies that's regimented so by big institutions rank. that need yeah. controlling lots yeah. of people but all under one system mm -hmm. that seems like quite a big jump from tribes to the catholic church there's a lot of history in between there but these things are emergent so they don't just suddenly switch they kind of yeah there was a slow maybe slightly painful transition yeah but yeah. we'll get onto that again later and so within christadelphia this would be maybe what would be described as a more traditional meeting where there's lots and lots of structure lots of tradition lots of ritual yeah um, like referencing the birmingham amended statement of faith on every decision because mm -hmm. that's your kind of concrete foundation for the constitution for why we exist yeah and some of the descriptions of this stage that i found describe like a a fixed higher authority so things like the inspired word the truth capital t the amended statement of faith that kind of thing yeah that um, are top-down information so you don't get information from outside of any of those things you always just focus mm -hmm. on that source that head source of information yeah so our friend robin who goes along to one of these meetings. Why has she gone along to one of these meetings? Well, she's probably got a lot of energy to put into church. And so she found 
that was always at the will of the leader at the other place. So when she comes to this church and realizes that actually she can become a Sunday school teacher and there is a syllabus and a calendar already and prepared, she just needs to step into the role and put her energy into it. Mm -hmm. Then that's like a really good antidote to what the problems were that she had in the previous mm -hmm. place. So she kind of goes into that and goes, yes, I know what I'm doing. I know when I'm doing it and I know exactly how to do it. There's some structure here. It's not going to all fall apart when someone else doesn't show up. It'll still work even if someone's sick or goes away. It'll still be there and I can mm -hmm. just do this job. So the positives of this one are that there's a structure, there's a clear hierarchy, you know, who to ask about things. Uh, it's all about more than one person. And if you are suited to one of the available roles, you can take one of those roles. Yeah. Um, but maybe in the negatives of this this type of organization are that inherently there has to be very strict rules and roles to keep the organization together and a very strong in out mentality with yeah. clear rules about what makes you in and what makes you out which might resonate with certain people each of these stages as well i think it talks about an idol like thinking about what's the focus or the priority or the idol in each stage yes and so the idol in this one would be the structure that it resides in mm -hmm. yeah the um, traditions and things like that yeah it occurs to me that it's more about keeping the group in harmony together what well, keeping the group established rather than the concerns of the individual yeah yeah, yeah. and so for example say robin in this church she's doing the sunday school she's done it for some time she comes across some new ideas about how to run sunday school maybe through her work experience or whatever let's bring some technology in. Maybe some of the kids aren't able to come every week because of transport issues or something. So let's get them online and doing Sunday school. Let's make sure Sunday school can be technologically advanced and developed in that sort of a way. But on bringing these new ideas to the elders of the meeting, they kind of dismiss it quite quickly and say, well, I, mm, sounds risky. I don't think that would work here. We don't want Sunday school to turn into an online event where nobody shows up and they're just maybe focusing on that and like let's keep it how it is yeah, don't erode it's the way we've done things been working fine for, mm. for x amount of years so let's carry on we did think that this also is maybe adverse to kind of science and evidence-based stuff as well like in in history anyway and we thought maybe that would relate to the idea of particularly in certain areas of christadelphian meetings if you brought ideas and said oh i've seen this in the alpha course or the department of education has put this out mm. it could be something we do with our sunday school there are certain yeah kind of areas of christadelphia that will say oh no that's something to do with the of the world and it's of you know it's outside and that's yeah. not some not a way we want to influence we've got our ways of doing things yeah, yeah. you'll probably find the elders would go to the bible pick out a couple of verses that back up not going online for sunday school like they find does the impossible talk about zoom <laughs> <laughs> i have not done those readings. Um, no they probably go don't forsake the gathering together with the, with the brothers mm. and sisters that's a biblical principle no we can't yeah. go online with our sunday mm. school so in our story of robin goes to church this is the point where robin realizes that this stage is maybe something she's starting to react against it's starting it's, to hold her back yeah now. so it yeah. had loads of positives uh she loved having a role she loved the structure she loved yeah the reliability of it all but she's realizing actually i want to I feel like there's more flexible ways of doing things. Also, yeah. we do so much maybe study and we talk about the kingdom. We talk about things that we should do. But I feel like there's not much room here to actually go and do those things. Yeah, yeah. So what's the situation where she 
would move on to the third step. So maybe she hears about a church that is doing a lot of campaigns, a lot of outreach work, and this would be an orange achievist group. Orange achievist, that's the third stage. Yeah. So in terms of the orange achievist stage, what would this relate to in terms of just like world history? This is the industrial revolution it's mm. the enlightenment science and galileo's understanding that actually measurement is really important if we want to understand the world if we want to find truth you have to measure it mm. and what's really interesting when you look at it from that historical point of view is how each one of these cultures is reacting against the previous one so the church reacts against the pagan chieftain Tribes, kind of tribal yeah. thing and sees that as infantile and then science comes along and sees the religious church state and that structure as infantile and decides to to move on as well and so that's where you get like big cultural frictions in science and religion mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting because often people see uh, the argument of, of creation against evolution is often seen as two mutually opposing things whereas it can definitely be argued that a lot of it is to do with just the culture of those two ideas and that they also mm -hmm. clash but then that just sort of underpins the whole thing yeah just brings out more tension between those two things yeah. that's a whole other thing so we're talking about the orange achievist stage so it's all about progress moving forward doing things data so so in the robin goes to church story she maybe hears about a campaign she's like, oh that's exciting i want to put some of all this stuff that i've learned into practice i want to go and have a go at preaching and she goes along and she maybe has to take two weeks of annual leave but it's really really brilliant fun every night they're staying up late folding bills and <laughs> drinking hot chocolate and um and they go out billing in the day they do singing in the park yeah the puppet show always the puppet show yeah so they're like they're all having brilliant and fun. it's really bonding as well mm. it's, uh, and it's bonding for these people because they're kind of really rallied up to go out and do something um that has an impact on the world mm -hmm. and they're all having this unified purpose and it feels excellent and it feels yeah. like the kingdom it does mm -hmm. and i think that idea of doing being a sense of the kingdom is, yeah. is a big part of this so the kickback against the previous amber stage is come on we're finally doing things now we're yeah, putting what yeah. we've learned into practice and if someone's got an idea then yeah we're just going to run with it so after the campaign's over robin is absolutely exhausted um and she mentions to someone like oh i've got these ideas about online sunday school things that i found on the department of education website and someone's like that sounds absolutely amazing come and join us be our sunday school teacher and she's yeah, like yeah. yes come on my ideas are valued gets to implement them yeah robin's loving this new church and it's all about action 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 progress 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 she's doing sunday school every week she put all her ideas into place some if she's got a new idea and and after a while she realizes wow there's a lot of projects going on here like every week someone suggests a new thing and everyone jumps behind it everyone gets really into it but she also starts to notice there are some negatives yeah so potentially Lots of people start to burn out. Mm. So for all the bills that they've posted for these campaigns, like maybe two or three people have walked through the door. Um, like a couple yeah. of people have come to a Bible class. And then maybe not that much follow-up afterwards. Yeah. It kind of fizzles out. And for all the people that are coming in the door, there's a lot more leaving out the back door yeah. because they can't actually take it anymore. Mm. They've 
put a lot into it and maybe they've now they've got kids so they find a more family oriented church or they've maybe they haven't maybe there's some people that have kind of joined in but they haven't really been able to get on with the group and they make friends quite as well because everyone's so maybe extroverted and dynamic and go get them some people join but don't gel with the group's forward forward environment so in terms of looking at this kind of culture and history it's often criticized because it's progress for progress's sake but a bad use of resources so of Mm. course kind of global warming has been the catastrophic result of the industrial revolution and maybe in this church she sees actually there's very bad use of resources like everyone's using up all their annual leave yeah everyone's burning out yeah their mental health is maybe at detriment as well and also just um physical resources maybe it's the kind of meeting where you've just constantly got a shed out the back that's just full of old bills and no one got around to using all these new sunday school resources that got bought and never used yeah yeah yeah. they're out of date now exactly so it's so she starts to notice there's also this side of it as well also because it's go 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 all the time in terms of her own study and her maybe like her relationship with god would be a way of putting it she's had this experience of being in the amber church which was very traditional learning lots of things doing lots of study and then coming to this orange church progress progress preach 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 tell everyone about the kingdom yeah but she's kind of forgetting maybe a little bit about what the kingdom is yeah and starts to think like well i've had the study i've now seen it in the interface of when you present it to the real world and actually i'm a bit confused and i've i'm maybe having some doubts and i don't quite understand what what even the concept of the kingdom is anymore that kind of thing but because everything's go 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 there's maybe not much space to ask these questions Mm. and also she's too busy single-handedly running sunday school to actually ask any of these questions so tom where how would she react against this stage what would the next stage look like so perhaps robin gets invited by a friend because her friend sees her as getting a bit burnt out and stuff she says hey you should come on a weekend retreat with my church. We're going out to this nice place in the country. It's catered and we're going to have some relaxing and some meditation and just some time to kind of recoup and, and get to know each other. And Robin's like, yeah, that sounds really nice. I think, I think I'd like to do that. So she goes on this retreat. And when she gets there, the first morning, she gets up nice and early and she's like, right, okay, what's the program? What's going on? What's happening? <laughs> When's the catering meeting? <laughs> <laughs> what can I get stuck in, involved with? And there's not many people up yet. And uh, when a friend gets up, he's like, oh, yeah, well, we're just having like a Tibetan bells <laughs> and prayer thing, as and when people kind of move into the uh, relaxation room. <laughs> This is very stereotyped. <laughs> <laughs> and and Robin's like, okay, so, you know, maybe the first couple of days she goes for a run very early. and But then she kind of, around the dinner table, maybe has some really interesting conversations with some people who really want to know about her. And they get into some really good conversations and there's nothing to move them on from the conversation. It's not suddenly there's another activity happening. So they've got to uh, mm. cut short that conversation and move forward. So, so, so we're moving into the green pluralistic stage here oh yeah so this next stage is called green pluralistic and in terms of my experience um in the uk christadelphian churches and gatherings uh, there's not really like an ecclesia or a church that i know of that operates in this way but there are various gatherings that do or kind of are mm-hmm. starting to and i know i have very much an achievist head on me so 
for me, first going to some of these gatherings, my mind was blown at the idea that you didn't have to attend everything, mm -hmm. that you could just enjoy it rather than feeling a sense of duty and guilt and also judgment on other people who didn't go to everything. Yeah. So the, the importance is on the experience that you get out of the weekend. And if you're having an amazing conversation over breakfast, that's the goal. It's not then, oh, but we're about to miss the morning thought that our yeah. friend Roger wrote and we yeah. feel guilty that we should go and listen to him. Poor Roger. Um, sorry, Roger. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so this is like, this is very relaxing. And it also means that the things that she's been thinking about, she's now got time to sit back and mm. talk about because it's not constant projects all the time. And she also notices that there's less burnout and less people getting left behind as well. Because I think the yeah. pluralistic thing is we all move together on something. Yeah. And at this retreat, she'll, she'll realise that actually the demographic of the people is quite diverse. There's people there that she probably hasn't met before in other, in other circles. People who maybe aren't from that church denomination or even Christians. As well. Like herself, yeah. I've just been invited and they're just welcome to be there. Like there's no prerequisite for coming. She also finds that, yeah, she has time to reflect on some of those questions that she has. And there's people there that don't just provide her with answers. They help her think through it. And they, they also don't bring any conclusions to the front as well. They're able mm -hmm. to hold some sort of complexity quite loosely and say, well, maybe there's several ways of approaching this problem. And, you know, I've thought about it in this way, but maybe you know, this person has another perspective on this. So this is like green pluralistic. Yeah, it's not getting to the answer. It's mm. all about the journey, as yeah. it were. So this is pluralistic green, and that pluralism is the idea of like, yeah, we're into postmodernism here. Like, there's more than one truth, which is very scary for Christadelphians, considering we're quite traditionally in that amber, one truth mentality of... With a capital T. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So there's a lot to unpick here, and there's a lot to be uncomfortable about. Hmm. So we're in the green pluralist stage. And what's a, a comparative thing in like human history and culture? So yeah, this is like the digital age. It's tech startups. It's an idea that the organizations are more like families, whereas Amber is organizations are hierarchies. Achievist is organizations are machines. Pluralist is organizations are families. Oh, okay. So the literal metaphor that you use for groups changes throughout each, each of these stages mm -hmm. as well. So the positives with this stage, then the green pluralistic stage is that, yeah, there's time to sit back and think about things. There's no pressure to kind of attend things or take an active part in things if you're just not in that space. So maybe kind of your mental health is valued, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, no one's left behind, group consensus for everything, slow and thoughtful progress. Mm. Now the group consensus one is quite interesting because they're reacting again against the achievist orange stage where it's a meritocracy which is where the biggest achiever gets to make all the decisions and gets to the top and this is a reaction against that because it's like well what about all those people that got left behind what about those people that can't achieve because of their socioeconomic background disabilities um, family commitments yeah all sorts of things stuck like in that. the crash room the whole time so maybe we need to move a lot slower and treat everyone more like a family because you wouldn't just like leave half your family behind just to progress somewhere um we need to bring everybody with us mm -hmm. that said so it's very tolerant and it's very inclusive mm, but there are negatives to this but the, the negative of this is it's quite blind to its 
own intolerances. So ironically, the green will exclude people who can't be tolerant. Mm. So there's that as kind of a... So it's a more kind of subtle intolerance of people, which I think can be compared to like kind of more lefty identity politics nowadays, where it's kind of like this real sense of, yeah, everyone moving forward, doing this amazing thing until you come across someone who just isn't quite there yet. Yeah, maybe sort of breaks these invisible rules and all that mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So it's, it's it could even be a little bit passive-aggressive and elitist because yeah. actually you've got to be completely sold on this new mindset for the whole group to work. Yeah. And when there's someone who questions it or isn't quite there yet, it can be a bit intolerant. Or brashly displays some sort of amber or achievist culture Mm-hmm. they are suddenly like, that is shocking. I can't believe you said that. That person would be shamed for that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, a a less explicit hierarchy forms of the people who know the unwritten rules of the group and those who don't know or depend on the others to kind of decipher it all for you. So interestingly, well, each of these groups has the susceptibility of tumbling back down into red because their leadership assumes more control over the others because of either they're a bigger achiever or they know the rules better. They can kind of harness more power in the group. So historically, as the postmodern stage that this is, it would say that there's no universal truth. There are many ways to God. And again, that is quite a paradox because it's saying there's no universal truth apart from the fact that there's no universal truth. Mm, apart from the thing that I just said, that's yeah, the one yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's blinded by its own kind of. Yeah, so it's like the limitation of truth statements, isn't it? So the negatives of this stage, maybe that Robin in our story, Robin goes to church, uh, starts to think is that she realizes that sometimes the group isn't that tolerant. So if people who are still starting to understand how the group works or find it challenging maybe aren't really tolerated that well. Mm. It's a very slow process. And again, with her Zoom Sunday school teacher hat on, she thinks, actually, there's a project here. I could just get on with it. I'm just like, can I just take this forward? And there's like, oh, no, hang on. But Gerald isn't too keen on this yet. So let's all sit and chat about it and have some more talks about our feelings. And that starts to get maybe a little bit irritating. Um, Another really interesting thing is that maybe Robin is, sometimes she gets a vibe off of some people that she's not said the right thing in the right kind of a way. And she, but she can never quite, she can't bring it up and talk about it and and put it into the open because people just don't talk about it. Like, so did I did I say something wrong then? And people are like, oh, don't worry about it. So maybe a little bit kind of like uh, more lefty groups. There's sometimes unwritten rules about what is and isn't acceptable, mm-hmm. and that tends to be a within the spiral dynamics theory. This is, or sorry, integral theory. This tends to be a feature of this stage. Yeah. Um, so we leave Robin there with this as we kind of think about what the next stage above this is. Which is called so why do we have to leave her there? Teal, because there's no example of the next stage. Uh, this is emergent. This is like cutting edge. You're getting cutting edge content here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there are examples of it within the business world. So Patagonia is an example as a company. So what this is, is if you think about the other cultures, as you move from one culture to the other, Amber becomes conscious of what the red stage is and reacts against it. 
Orange becomes conscious of what's going on in Amber and reacts against it. Green becomes conscious of what's going on in Orange and reacts against it. But while you're in each one of those cultures, it is working on you unconsciously until you kind of evolve out of it, until you grow past it and you look in hindsight and go, oh yeah, that was what was going on there, wasn't it? And so what Teal does is it acknowledges this and says, we need to have a culture that puts becoming conscious at the heart of its kind of purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the last stage that we're describing basically is it's as if someone's gone through all their stages and stopped and turned around and looked back on everything they've done and realised that all the things that they went through, all the different churches that they went to, were just reactions against the one before. Yeah, and And quite unconscious processes as well. So as she moved to the traditional church, she kind of threw everything out which was associated with the previous one. When she joined the Mm. really proactive church, she threw everything out about the traditional one. So she looks back and realises, oh, hang on, there were things about the traditional church that were really good. And there were things about having, you know, being led by that one guy that were really good, things about the progressive church that were really good. If I become conscious and look at all of those stages, so if you look at all the stages that are theorised in integral theory you can think about well, these are all the different stages that humans have gone through and it's influenced influenced the way that we've run our churches actually can we look back and not judge all the previous versions of ourselves yeah and say what were the good things about all of those that we can now take but yeah. use consciously yeah, rather than yeah, just yeah. reacting subconsciously against things how can we build something that really yeah. has meaning? So, for example, maybe some sort of framework and structure that the Amber Church has is good, but let's use it in a really conscious way so that when it stops becoming valuable, we can say, okay, we've become aware that this is not working anymore. Let's change it. Let's use some of the principles from Orange to think of a new way to develop a structure. Mm-hmm. And I think, in principle, this is the idea of Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Yeah. Like, the ritual is leading you as a human to understand something or to function in a particular way Mm. let's use it consciously let's maybe develop new rituals that help our young people engage on social media in a christian way Mm. but not get hung on to the ritual remember the reason why we set that up Mm. and as soon as the ritual isn't provoking that anymore we move on and do a new thing we look at it all consciously yeah yeah and so it kind of it writes that ability to adapt and change into its organization and into its culture that means trusting one's intuition and authenticity more it means being aware of intelligence beyond thoughts and feelings as well so to summarize the teal culture the idea is that it's evolutionary and it allows for you to develop throughout its culture, whether you're at red, orange, amber, whatever. It's like it provides a space for you to kind of grow and it provides maybe a toolkit for development and and movement, um, but without force or pressure. It's It allows you to kind of bring your whole self and who you are at that current time to, to a place and feel like you're accepted, mm-hmm. which... Sounds quite idealistic in the same way that green is very idealistic as well. And you were just saying how at this point in its development, I think because it's emergent, it can still have some of the problems of green in that it has a a very subtle in-out group of those who know and those who don't know that it has to be careful of. And think of the criticisms of it as well are that because you're taking everyone along, it can be very slow and laborious. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, there's negatives and positives to mm-hmm. this. 
And one of the things that in everything that I've heard about it, it, it caveats, so it's aware of this problem, is it obviously seems like there's a progression and it, it always tries to caveat that by saying no one layer is better than the other. No one culture is better than the other. It just works for some people and this works for other people. Mm-hmm. I guess there's discussions to be had around that as to how true that is, depending on what socioeconomic group you're in. But yeah, it does always try and caveat that. So I guess the important thing to realize from this podcast is moving through these layers and transitioning, it can be quite a painful process because it, it can mean, you know, if you want to develop and go to another ecclesia, you're literally upping sticks and, and leaving your maybe your home ecclesia and finding somewhere else. Most of these developments probably come naturally through moving to university, changing jobs, like circumstantial changes. Mm -hmm. And so because they're unconscious, they just happen. But when you consciously feel like you can't be in a place anymore, it's just not progressing in the way that you want it to. I think maybe thinking in a more teal perspective can be really useful because it makes you be, helps you to be a bit more gracious, a bit more humble towards those who are just in a different culture to you. And also to go, "Ah, I can see that you're speaking and you're very much embedded in this kind of a culture, hierarchy and structure, whereas I'm here. And so there's inevitably going to be a culture clash. Yeah, so it's by having a perspective of these areas of adult and human development, you can look back across and kind of see where you are, where you were, mm-hmm. and also see where other people potentially are. So you know you can be less judgmental towards them and say, yep, yeah, that's, that's where you are because that's that certain area and that's what's going to be important to you that's what's going to challenge you so i can understand your reactions to certain Mm -hmm. things and the overall message i think of this theory is be kind to yourself as well when you look back at yourself and the development you've had don't reject the things that you used to do kind of look back and say actually there was benefit in that and there was benefit in that and i can now take all of those things Mm -hmm. and use them in a healthy way and in doing that it'll also help you not to judge other people who are as you perceive it maybe further behind in their thinking yeah 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 and i think one of the things that really balm to all of these tensions is self-awareness the only person you can change is yourself so do this work on yourself understand where you're coming from with all these tools we've been developing and if you can implement and share some of these tools with other people it will help them make those unconscious things more conscious so they can kind of observe them with more clarity and Mm -hmm. I think that's quite a spiritual principle is to kind of become more conscious, to become more awake. It's like a key instruction of Christ is to stay awake, to be awake, to not be blind, to open your eyes. Like this idea of consciousness and and being aware of those sorts of things that helps you become more emergent. And I think Jesus kind of transcends all of these cultural things in his in his teachings he breaks down the boundaries of a very amber group in in the pharisees and shows us where power can be kind of found in other in other ways by speaking to people that feel culturally beneath him um, in that society yeah i think first and foremost it's about if you can have more love for other people love and understanding and respect for other people by seeing where they are within the scope of development and not judging as well. It's easy to sort of vilify and um, other people who are in other ecclesias that aren't the same as you or maybe where you are currently are in the opposite spectrum to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so if you look back, particularly if you used to be if in that stage, 
if you don't look back and reject everything, it also helps you to be more yeah respectful and understanding yeah. of those people. I think another learning point for me as well is that as you go between these different stages, there might be a period of pain and also a period of non-productivity, mm. but it's kind of working through that to the next stage of your own development where you're able to be more true to yourself and really have the things that matter at the core. Yeah, so things like, yeah, if you always put loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength at the forefront and loving your neighbour as yourself, then despite these painful transitions and things, as long as that's your focus, mm. that transcends all of these things. Yeah, and you can be more conscious of these stages I'm not going to get bogged down by these things that are just part of human development. I can step out and see the benefits in all of them, take bits for all of them and preserve my focus. Integrate them. You're supposed to integrate all of these elements and carry them forward. So there are lots of ways in which we can kind of aid our development and our growth. And one of the key ways of doing that is studying the Bible, the Bible presents us with people who grow, they're vulnerable, they change, they develop, they learn things, and they look back on their lives with, you know, regret or like um, hindsight and see stuff. And like all these stories are people growing and developing and changing and becoming more conscious of God in their lives and becoming more aware of where God was working and, and where they, they needed to let him in more. So the Bible as wisdom literature aids us in this. Um, that's why it's called wisdom. Wisdom is the integration of knowledge and understanding and hindsight. And the Bible is really fantastic for doing that. It's why it's as popular as it is, I think, still today. So yeah, I hope that's been interesting and useful. I hope you've been able to listen to that and go, yeah, actually, I can see some of these things in, in church and in life and in cultures. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Thanks to the WCF who support us in making this podcast. They have lots of other excellent content I'd recommend you go and look at. A Little Faith podcast uh, is really useful. Naomi's sister, Kez Reed, has done a, a podcast with them recently about homelessness. Mm-hmm. So go and check that out for some sibling rivalry. Indeed. Uh, and recently I really, really enjoyed the WCF podcast with Becky Lewis and she talked about parenting and the challenges um, of parenting um, in church. All the different things I'd never thought of and the ways that you can support your friends who have children. It's really enlightening. All right, we'll catch you next time. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm.